From the great state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association presents Keep and Bear Radio, fighting for Second Amendment rights, calling out media lies, and telling the gun grabbers to come and take it. Now, Keep and Bear Radio. President Biden signs an executive order to harass gun dealers, accuse manufacturers of marketing guns to kids, get FEMA involved with local mass murders and other gun control malarkey. And Florida is on the brink of passing permitless carry to become the 26th state to recognize that, yes, there is not only a right to keep arms, but to bear them as well. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. I'm Dean Reek, Executive Director of Buckeye Firearms Association, and I'm joined by Lee Williams, Chief Editor of the Second Amendment Foundation's Investigative Journalism Project and a board member with Florida Carey. Hi, Lee. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dean. I always appreciate the invite. So, Lee, how are things doing down there in the Sunshine State? Well, the sun is shining. It is 81 degrees. I just have to rub that in a bit, Yeah, uh, which is why so many Ohioans and New Yorkers and Californians are all headed here. We welcome Ohioans. The Californians and New Yorkers are welcome if they leave their politics in the home state, though. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I am jealous. I have to say, I'm looking out my window and it's uh, overcast. I think it's 38 degrees right now. The snow just melted off from a couple days ago. But I got to tell you, I've been in Florida in the summer, and uh, I'm I'm no fan. I mean, it could be 80 degrees and miserable. So uh, I'm I'm not going to be moving anytime soon. I tell you. I'm more of a sourdough. If I were going to move anywhere, I'd probably move to a place that did have, you know, snow all the time. I just don't like the weather bouncing around, and I don't know how to dress. <laughs> well, my favorite months are June, July, and August because there's no tourists here, and you can actually drive somewhere. Yeah. Well, Lee, I'd like to start off by talking about your favorite politician, Joe Biden. That's your oh, yeah. guy, right? <laughs> Yep. Yep. Love him. Love him. So uh, he came out with an executive order recently. It's been in the news. On March 14, Biden signed an executive order on gun control. And the White House put out a fact sheet with the following title. President Biden announces new actions to reduce gun violence and make our communities safer. Well, hot diggity. I'm sure glad Biden is looking out for our safety I'm sure you feel better already, Lee. Uh, this this thing is a train wreck. This this new executive order, uh, it's kind of a follow up to something he did last year on so called ghost guns, pistol braces, red flag laws, and a bunch of other stuff. This new one has a whole bunch of stuff in it that's just really nasty. One of which you've reported on, and this is about uh, you know he wants to make information public about licensed firearm dealers. Here's how the executive order describes this. It says, gun dealers violating federal law put us all at risk by increasing the likelihood that firearms will fall into dangerous hands. The president is directing the attorney general to publicly release, to the fullest extent possible by law, ATF records from the inspection of firearms dealers 
cited for violation of federal firearm laws. Now, Lee, that's misleading. You've reported on this. Isn't what they're really doing just harassing legitimate gun dealers over minor paperwork errors? It is, but I got to back up. I, I would ask your members to read the entire EO or read the entire fact sheet, because what you won't find in there is anything about how Joe and Team Team Biden plan to hold criminals accountable. But there's most of the EO, most of the most of the fact sheet. I'm saying fact sheet in finger quotes uh, is is holding the gun industry accountable, as if we are the reason why crime is surging in Columbus and all the other major cities in Ohio that are dominated and been historically run by the Democrats. He's holding the gun industry accountable. There's nothing in there that says he's going to hold any of the bad guys accountable or how they're going to get guns out of the hands of the bad guys. Now, as to the dealers, you know, I he's going to release data on them. Fine. Where's my data? I sent the ATF a FOIA request nearly two years ago after Biden clearly went after the gun dealers trying to find, he was saying how bad they are. He said, fine, show me the data. Show me how many of these guys have been arrested. Show me these guys, how many of these dealers are facing federal charges. We're still waiting on that FOIA. But now he says he's going to release some of the data. What he's going to do, in fact, is use his his sycophants in the legacy media to gaslight the American public by highlighting one or two dealers in the entire country who may have conducted a transaction without running a background check. Now, the fallacy that Biden is trying to create in the public is that there are these, quote unquote, rogue gun dealers out there who are doing transactions and transfers without without running background checks. And anybody who's ever purchased a firearm knows that that's pure bunk. I mean, some of my best friends are gun dealers. Okay. I've, uh, one, of my, one of my friends, Bob Keller, he's ex-Delta. He, he conspired with a manufacturer for 18 months to make the best AR out there, the, the um, Special Ops Tactical Bob Keller Signature Rifle. They presented me with one of these rifles because they're both friends of mine. I still, the first thing he asked for, Garrett, the, the manufacturer, was, need to see your driver's license. We have to run a background check. No gun dealer in America is going to risk everything. They're not going to risk how they put their groceries on the table by, by making a transaction without a fire, without a background check. Like you said, these guys have been under fire since, since Biden weaponized the ATF and told them that no error is too small for revocation. I just got off the phone with the guys at FFL Consultants. By the way, if you're listening, you're a member and you're a FFL, go to FFLConsultants.com and get these guys on your team, get them hooked up because they travel around the country now. Their sole purpose in life is to help dealers try and save their FFL during these revocation hearings. And they're my, they've got the finger on the pulse of these hearings. And right now, they're seeing revocations for the most mundane reasons. Clerical errors that 10, 15 years ago would have been handled with, a, with an eraser are now serving as legitimate reason to revoke. Because Biden, in the back of his demented mind, has this theory Fewer gun dealers equals fewer guns. And that's, you know, and these people are paying with their livelihoods. Well, I read that Amoland and uh, Gun Owners of America filed a FOIA request, Freedom of Information request, with the ATF. And they actually got results on that. They said that they found out that anti-gun groups were requesting information on FFLs and then Brady released a legal course on how to use this information to sue them. 
So yeah. it's not about transparency. It's about setting up FFLs for lawsuits. So it really is about harassment. Yeah, and they're going to be using the media to gaslight the public into believing that they're doing the right thing. These criminals, as we as we all know, they're not going into gun dealers and submitting to background checks. They're getting their guns the old-fashioned way. They're stealing them or they're buying them from other criminals on the black market. None of these, you know, none of Biden's ideas is, are going to make life more difficult for the criminals. They can read that EO or the fact sheet just like we can and realize they've got nothing to, to worry about with Joe's new plans. It's the law abiding like us, the people that follow the law that are going to, life's going to become much more difficult for us. And then there's another one in this uh, executive order about marketing guns to minors. I'm not even sure what they're talking about here. The report says president Biden is encouraging the independent federal trade commission, the FTC to issue a public report, analyzing how gun manufacturers market firearms to minors that's the word they use, and how such manufacturers market firearms to all civilians, including through the use of military imagery. Now, Lee, what legitimate firearms manufacturer is marketing guns to kids? Kids can't buy guns legally. There are no nine-year-olds out there walking into a gun store, you know, buying an AR. What are they talking about? I've been shooting all my life, Dean. And matter of fact, I don't ever remember not shooting. I started at such an early age, but I got to tell you, the only firearm that I can ever remember being marketed toward kids was the Daisy Red Rider BB gun. Okay. That was clearly marketed to youth, but now here's the thing. They're going to use the FTC to try and police this advertising. Okay. With, although it has some regulations, advertising is constitutionally protected speech. It's protected under the first amendment, but I guess team Biden doesn't mind infringing upon the First Amendment and this advertising, this constitutionally protected speech, as long as it'll allow them to infringe upon the Second. Uh, they don't care what constitutional right that they infringe upon. But you're absolutely right. Do bourbon companies and cigarette and cigar companies market toward children? No, because children are prohibited from purchasing their product. It would be a waste of time. I don't. I can't think of, other than the, the Red Rider, of which I'm, I'm a, still a proud owner, um, I can't think of one gun. Well, is that, is, are, are BB guns actually considered firearms? I mean, because it's- No, I'm being a little bit facetious here. But, you know, I, even the uh, the 22 rifles, uh, you know, bolt action 22s, Ruger 1022s, I can't think of a single ad that was targeted toward youth, uh, even though those are, are beginner firearms or can be for children. I remember there was uh, a shotgun. I believe it was a 410 that was marked as a youth model. But that was never truly marketed toward teens. Obviously, the parents need to buy that for them. So this this and the use of military imagery, again, constitutionally protected speech. Advertisers can use whatever they want as long as the ads are truthful. Well, isn't that part of the, the whole strategy of, you know, the you're, they're, they're trying to go after the marketing because there's a law that says you can't sue manufacturers for the criminal misuse of their products. Just like, you you know, you're not going to go to Ford and, and sue because some bad guy ran 10 people down on a sidewalk. That just wasn't their fault. But they, they think they have a loophole with advertising, right? Right. And California is still trying to tinker around with that. You know, it, it's it's so nefarious what they're doing. They're, they're fighting this battle against our gun rights on so many different fronts. 
Uh, it was just a matter of time before they got around to marketing, but that's going to go nowhere. Again, advertising is constitutionally protected speech. So there's another element in this executive order, and this one, I mean, they have some real hootspot with this one, Lee. They want to get FEMA involved with local mass murder. So the report says, when a hurricane overwhelms a community, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, coordinates federal, state, local, and nonprofit organizations in order to assess and meet community needs. However, when a mass shooting overwhelms a community, no coordinated U.S. government mechanism exists to meet short and long-term needs. Now, I was kind of scratching my head with this one. FEMA? I mean, this is the organization that deals with disaster recovery, like floods, hurricanes, 9-11, right? This is like Hurricane Katrina stuff. Really? FEMA? Lee, what, what are they doing with this? Well, first of all, they want more people at one of these scenes because they want to exploit it because they will never allow uh, tragedy to happen and to go unexploited. That's what they do. I hope they create a federal team. I hope they call it the Federal Blood Blood Dancing Bureau. And I hope they have those, <laughs> y- those, those blue windbreakers with FBB stenciled on the back of them for Federal Blood Dancing Bureau, because that's basically what they're going to be doing. And, you know, again, they're going to be bringing in the media. They're going to gaslight the American public on how this is happening everywhere all the time. They're, you know, the Democrats are never going to let a tragedy go to waste. They're going to exploit it. And now they want to exploit it with federal resources. It's 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 nearly the dumbest thing I've seen in that EO. But there is one more. Well, I mean, they they were talking about, like, providing food. So, I mean, yeah. there's a shoot. And look, nobody wants to see, you know, these mass murders. You know, five or ten people get shot. That's horrible. But what they're going to, they're going to swoop in and they're going to set up a soup kitchen. I mean, yeah. it's it's like drama queen stuff, right? They they they, they want to stir up, and as you say, gaslight people and make it into a big deal. Now I don't know, FEMA. Maybe they have some programs that deal with individuals. Maybe it's not all about nine eleven kind of stuff. But I've I've never seen anything like that. It it just seems like they're trying to fit everything possible into this executive order to make it look like they're really doing something. Because again, this is this is really all about the election, isn't it, with Biden? Yeah, I mean, did the people in East Palestine get FEMA? Did they get teams coming in? Did they get soup kitchens? No, they got squat, man. Well, Trump came in and bought them all burgers, didn't he? Yeah, and, and brought in water. But water. I didn't see FEMA there. Yeah, Trump water, or whatever that was. Um, so there, there's one more in here. I don't know if this is the one that you were thinking of, but this is about the uh, supposedly undetectable firearms that that uh, yes. that can go through yes. metal detectors. Am I hitting on the right one, Lee? Yes. Detective John McClain was the first guy to warn us about the dangers of the Glock 7. And I'm quoting from one of my favorite movies, Die Hard 2. That punk pulled a Glock 7 on me. You know what that is? It's a porcelain gun made in Germany. It doesn't show up on your airport x-ray machines here. And it costs more than what you make in a month. Thank God, man, that the Biden and his crew are listening to that because they're coming after those porcelain Glock 7s. I mean, seriously, you know as well as I do, there's not one modern firearm or ammunition that is going to make it through a metal detector undetected. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I'm sure, you know, I mean, these people are so out of touch with what firearms even are. 
Um, I'm, they're scared of the Glock. Now they're going to probably dump more millions of dollars, so we can all get you know the the uh, the the cough grab when we go through the TSA, and uh, we can become even more inconvenienced because they're worried about uh, uh, will <laughs> they're worried about John McClane's Glock Seven. It makes no sense, just well, like the rest of this order. Yeah, but this is like a golden oldie, isn't it? I mean, it takes me back yeah. to the mid-80s when there was this panic about Glocks, which, by the way, contain more than a pound of metal. I mean, my Glock 19, there's no way that that's going to make it through a metal detector. My belt buckle sets it off. I, I have exactly two keys on my key ring, a key to the house and a key to one other thing. That will set off a metal detector, especially in the airport, because they, you know, crank up the sensitivity on that. Look, I'm no expert on the plastic uh, guns and home manufacturing and all that, but don't they have to have metal barrels and some other metal parts to operate reliably? Funny you should ask. I just put an 80% arms uh, Glock 19 clone together because in Florida, because we're a free state, I can do that. And they mailed me, uh, it's called a GT9. It's a great gun. Uh, had to drill some holes in it, put the thing together. It's it's a, it's a kind of a Gucci Glock. Um, and it's fun as hell to shoot, too. Uh, I, I don't carry a Glock anymore. I carry a, a Staccato C2, although this is a hell of a fun gun to run around with. That thing is not going anywhere close to an x-ray machine before it would set off uh, bells and whistles. It looks like a pistol going through these things. Now, it is a golden oldie, but you know what? It's evidence that Team Biden doesn't know a damn thing about guns. Well, again, this is all about uh, Democrats taking a beating over the spike in violence, right? So they're trying to look yep. tough on crime, and Biden is always trying to look tough. But let's call this what it is. This is all malarkey. It's hokum. It's flummery. It's bosh, bull, bunk, and other choice words. It's a, it's a train wreck of an executive order. Lee, do you have anything else that you want to say about this claptrap? No, I will just say this. You know, my heart goes out to the gun dealers that are going to be affected by it, whose names are going to be splashed on the evening news and on front pages. That's, well, you know, that, that part reminds me of when we first had concealed carry, because when we passed that back 2004, 2005, there were newspapers printing lists of names of people who got a license. So they were basically doxing people, and we had to stop them. That's what this is. Call it what it is. Yeah. It's doxing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it should be illegal. So, Lee, let's uh, go to your actual favorite topic, uh, not Biden, but permitless carry in Florida. Not only are you a great journalist, Lee, you're now on the board of Florida Carry, and you're working on a bill to bring permitless carry, con uh, constitutional carry, whatever you're calling it down there, to bring that to Florida, and Florida, I just should point out, is a state that does, in fact, look like the grip of a firearm. Florida is <laughs> Florida is America's pistol grip. Let's let's just be clear about that. And I think, if my count is correct, Florida would be number twenty six, the twenty sixth state to pass some form of permitless carry. We would be Dean, the majority state. As we like to say, we would be the majority state, which means that a majority of states now offer 
some form of constitutional carry to their citizens who no longer have to bend a knee, beg permission from the state, pay a fee, get mugshot, get fingerprinted like a common criminal in order to uh, use and exercise their Second Amendment rights. Yeah, our bill, it, it's seen a couple of various incarnations. Uh, we're calling it unlicensed concealed carry because unlike your bill, ours will not allow uh, the open carry of arms. So it will be unlicensed concealed carry. Florida maintains this ancient law that only allows you to open carry when you're camping, shooting, or fishing. Now, I'm, I've still tried to make sense of that, uh, or traveling to and from. Now, the, the well, reason- Well, Lee, 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 those fish get angry sometimes. I know. We have big fish down <laughs> you here. Gotta, you got to deal, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, our, our Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo, uh, would not go for open carry because it's not in favor. The Florida Sheriff's Association, very powerful organization down here, is not in favor of open carry. So she relented. And uh, I would have preferred the gold standard. I know Florida Carry would have preferred the gold standard to include open carry. Um, it is the very definition of keep and bear arms, after all, as, as you know. But we're looking at this as, you know, with the spirit of incrementalism. Hey, I, we no longer have to get a, a license for our Second Amendment rights. And then next session, uh, we're hoping to add open carry to this. Now, we enjoy a Republican supermajority in the House and in the Senate here. And as you will very well know, the best governor in the country right now, Ron DeSantis, has promised he'd sign whatever bill they can get to his desk. We have a great guy that was brought in in June uh, from NRA, the new lobbyist. His name is Art Tom. And Art has already got constitutional carry in six states. Florida would be his seventh. And he's a dynamo. And uh, NRA, GOA, Florida carry, and Nagger have all been working really hard. And, and there is no doubt in my mind that this will clear the House and the Senate pretty much intact. And it'll head over to De the Governor DeSantis's desk. Right now, the bill has an effective date on it of July 1. Everybody's asking me, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? Well, it'll be signed, obviously, probably this month, and then uh, it'll take effect in July. No doubt. The de Democrats tried to hang uh, a Christmas tree full of ornaments on this thing um, in a, through amendments, all of which were failed, all of which failed in both the House and the Senate. I won't bore you with some of the stupidity of some of them. Uh, but I'm sure your uh, members can pretty much imagine because I'm sure you went through the same thing there. But yeah, we're on track. We're going to be the majority state. And then uh, like like Florida Kerry has said many times, we would prefer that this bill would allow the open carry of arms. However, uh, we're happy. It, it is a, it, the most major restoration of our firearms rights since 1987. So we're, we, of course, have to support the bill. And we do. So that's odd that you don't have open carry again since Florida really paved the way for modern concealed carry. Here in Ohio, open carry isn't in the law at all, but we can open carry. We've always been able to open carry. We've sort of had, as far as uh, as far as far open carry is concerned, it's kind of like Vermont. It's just, it's always been okay. You just couldn't conceal it. And I guess that goes back to, you know, old times when, uh, you know, if you're going to carry a gun, carry it openly, be honest about it, don't hide it, right? You know, th those kind of old, like, Western movie ideas. But I but I find it odd that there's the pushback on the open carry in Florida because, again, you've, you've been 
such a pioneer on the whole idea of carry. Well, we still unfortunately have a few of the rhinos left in the state legislature who are the the ones who, that signed the Parkland bill, which is the largest, most sweeping anti-gun bill in the history of the state of Florida, which was signed into law, or they supported it. It was signed into law by then governor, now Senator Rick Scott, who sold us all out by signing that bill and uh, revoking the rights of 18 to 20 year olds and adding red flag laws and a bunch of other horse crap. So there's still a few lawmakers kicking around who were pro-Parkland bill. But you know what? By next session, a lot of them will be gone and good riddance. And then we can do some real uh, broken uh, open field running. I know we've got other bills right now uh, that would restore the rights of 18 to 20-year-olds. And I'm told that there's something coming to end this unconstitutional crap called red flag laws, which are ba- basically a taking without any due process violates the second, the fourth, the fifth amendment. So we're, we're, we're getting back, back in shape here in Florida. We've just, you know, we've had some bad lawmakers in tally, quite frankly. Well, I looked at some of these amendments and uh, honestly, uh, some of these are actually kind of funny. You know, we didn't have anything like this actually here in Ohio. The argument was surprisingly, well, gee, you know, Concealed carry with a license is working so well. Now, you know, why would we want to not have the license? You know, because all the people who opposed the license, you know, back 2005. Now they love sud- it. Suddenly they love it. And, you know, we want the training and we want the licensing. And it's just such a wonderful thing. Why would we want to throw that away? But some of these amendments, I guess the Democrats wanted. I, I, I've got to talk about some of these. They wanted to... <laughs> They wanted to prohibit carrying in grocery stores, gas stations, music venues, or religious institutions. Grocery stores? Well, you know, Lee, I always have believed that fresh produce and guns don't mix. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, because those, uh, you know, the bananas and the apples and the pomegranates, you you never know what's going to happen if you, you have a gun around them. What was that about? That was about lunacy. It's like it came from the same lawmaker who wanted to limit the number of guns you could carry to one. You can you can yeah. carry a gun, but you can only carry one. Now, there have been times in my life uh, when I was a policeman, especially, I carried more than one firearm. Or you could have a backup, like a revolver yeah. backup. Yeah. yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with carrying uh, a, a 9 millimeter and then a little three eighty. I have a nice little LCP. It fits right in my pocket. Nothing wrong with carrying two firearms. Because, you know, of redundancy, one is none and two is one. But all of a sudden now they're all tactical experts on the Dem side. And they all know that you'll only need one firearm to save the life of you and your family. Well, not that's not, uh, you know, according to the movies where all gun knowledge is acquired, you don't (laughs) carry, you know, you don't carry lots of ammo. You just carry lots of guns. And once you once you're out of ammo, then you throw the gun away. Well, and my favorite amendment was that they wanted to prohibit the open carry of firearms at polling places. One, it's illegal to open carry. And two, it's already illegal to carry at a polling place anyway. So, I mean, not only are they nonsensical, they sure as hell didn't do their research. I would say some of the more serious pushback we got came from some of the instructors, I hate to say. Um, I got a copy of a leaflet that one gun shop was passing out. Um, Never named them in the story, just uh, reported what they said. And uh, some folks uh, must have been able to put two and two together because last time I talked to the owner, he was very in favor of constitutional carry, very in favor of 
unlicensed concealed carry, even loves open carry now. I think he heard from a lot of customers, to put it mildly. Yeah, I got to say, unfortunately, Lee, we got a lot of that as well. Uh, I don't recall ever since being involved with gun rights in Ohio, ever hearing from gun owners themselves so strenuously, uh, you know, pushing back on something. And it was really the trainers who were speaking from their pocketbook. You know, they were afraid that they were going to lose all that money from doing the classes for the licenses. Now, we just got an AG report out. And yes, the new license applications went down, but the renewals... Are, are about average with what you would expect historically. I mean, there's been a spike the last couple of years, but the renewals were certainly in average territory. So I think you're going to find that brand new people, no, they're not going to get a license. Why should they? That was the whole point of the legislation. But for those of us who want to have reciprocity, we're going to continue, you know, getting the license. And, uh, you know, the, I think training will continue. I don't know about the licensing classes, but, you know, that's not how we legislate. We don't legislate based on who is or is not going to make money. Right. And I think the training will actually increase and you're going to see the quality improve. I've seen, I've audited some of these classes from some friends, um, good basic pistol classes, but we weren't seeing a lot of that here. We were seeing uh, some of the stuff done at gun shows, which is just a lick and a promise. And here you go. They basically tell you how to fill out the paperwork for your concealed weapon license. What we're going to see now is real and better gunfighting training. Okay. Real defensive training. And, uh, you know, I, I look at my friends, some, they're all tactical instructors. We have the best instructor in the country here, Bob Keller, Gamut Resolutions, did 17 years in uh, Delta. He's training people, was never concerned about issuing somebody a certificate so they could take it and get a concealed carry permit. What these good guys do, and there's a lot of them here in Sarasota, they teach you how to win a gunfight, okay? They teach you how to do the, the right thing. They teach you how to hit what you're shooting at and how to do it quickly and accurately with surgical precision. That's what's needed now. I I, I I give gun owners here in Florida the benefit of the doubt. They're not, they, they know here that carrying a defensive firearm is a heady responsibility. And if they're gonna do it and there's a possibility they might have to use it, they wanna know how to do it legally and with great effect, how to put shots on target. So I think the good, the high caliber training, pardon the pun, is gonna take off and we're gonna see more of it. Well, Lee, uh, you said that none of those amendments were were added, right? You didn't have any amendments from uh, from Democrats no. added in. There was there was one here that was really striking. I mean, they were trying to prohibit carrying in cars, which <laughs> I mean, like uh, like I about that one. That means you can only carry as far as you can walk, you know. Right. Or or is that like trying to encourage more climate friendly bicycle carry? I mean, I because if you can't carry in a car, especially in Florida. You're a you're a car state. Yeah, yeah. You walk a mile in uh, June, July, and August, you're ready to die here. You better have a good water, good good source of potable water. Well, the way that that Democrat that introduced the bill uh, introduced that amendment set it up was well, you know, there's been a lot of thefts out of vehicles, of firearms out of vehicles, so you can't have them in cars anymore. And then I think reality set in um, <laughs> while she was talking. That okay, we're gonna go. What so who can carry then uh everywhere? The Amish, you know, because they're taking bikes or walking, that'd be about it. 
Well, I mean, are the are the the horse and buggies? Is that considered a vehicle? Uh, not I'm not sure how that's classified. Not in Florida. Yeah. So, Lee, is there anything else that you want to talk about on on this bill that you say it's going to? Well, it's already passed, right? And you're just waiting for a signature. Is that where it is right no, now? No, it has to go to the full House and full Senate. Oh, okay. It's 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 going to go through as a matter of course. Um, we of course want to thank you for your behind the scenes help and advice, Dean. That was invaluable. There's some other folks out there that that helped us by you know I, I think info sharing is something we don't do enough of in the gun community, but I mean, you guys, uh, the Buckeyes, you guys have been a tremendous help through all that. So I'd just like to say thank you because you guys went through what we're going through and that really helped. I hope the next States, the Carolinas, South Carolina, hopefully will be number 27. Uh, we've been talking to their, those folks there too. Well, uh, it sounds like Florida will get permitless carry soon. Or uh, what What did you say you were calling an unlicensed, unlicensed concealed carry? Right. Unlicensed concealed carry. Well, so good luck on that. Good work. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. And where can people read your original reporting? Everything I do is at the thegunwriter.substack.com thegunwriter.substack.com. I've also got a, a website out there that is uh, I do with Mark Walters. That's called armedamericannews.com. And of course, anything I do for the Second Amendment Foundation is at saf.org. And I had asked you this in a previous podcast, are you going to do a podcast at some point? We're working that out right now. We just brought in uh, Mr. Adam Kraut as our executive director at the Second Amendment Foundation, and uh, we'll be doing something uh, soon. I do a podcast that's not really a podcast. It's on radio every week. It's on uh, Lock and Load Radio, hosted by Bill Frady. I do that with my friend Bob Keller, the aforementioned uh, special ops veteran. Thanks again for being on the podcast. We'll talk again soon. My pleasure, Dean. That's all for this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, I urge you to subscribe. And please subscribe to the Buckeye Firearms Association newsletter at BuckeyeFirearms.org. If you'd like to become a member and support the work of BFA, go to JoinBFA.org. Use the discount code PODCAST to get $10 off your membership. That's joinbfa.org. We'll see you next time on Keep and Bear Radio.